0: Cheers another one!
1: Knives down. Aprons off. The last table is served. The station is broken down. Everything's put away. Your inventory is complete. And now it's time to meet me on the back dock where all the most important meetings are held. We shall! Take a deep breath and enjoy a job well done. At ease, kick off your clogs. Smoke them if you got them. How about a nice cold beverage? Maybe a little bit of ice vine little bit of mountain sunshine. What do you think? Pull up a milk crate. Let's get comfortable. And let's get to the good shit. Oh, yes, chef. We're on the dock with executive chef and soul brother. Yeah, my soulmate, James Shirley. In this episode, uh, you know, I had to hold back some tears, man, because uh, conversation went there. So if you're looking to get real, this is the episode to listen to. Let's get into it.
0: You know, I had to tear up the blueprint. And, and and allow my higher power to rewrite the schematics of my life and what it should be, you know, because what I knew about living almost killed. And so I, I had to turn things around. And again, humility is as necessary as food and water in my, in my world. So it, it, is, it is up there with oxygen. So if I don't have the humility, I learned that if you don't humble yourself, you'll be humiliated at some point. And that everybody gets their turn, whether they're standing in line or not. Everybody will get their turn to being pain, death, financial, for physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, or financially bankrupt. It can happen in the blink of an eye. You know, you could turn around, you could turn around tomorrow and your baby mama will step up to the plate and say, you know what, I'm going to make you pay. And guess what? Now everything you built and everything you put up and everything you thought things were going well, she'll snatch the rug from up under you. And not only are you grappling with trying to get an attorney and get, to get her off your back and deal with everything else and, and win the kids, but you got this high-profile position that you got to show up and function in every day. And at what point do you turn things over, you know, I've got to have a network of people around me that I can call at, a, at, a, at any given moment to give me some solid advice, some solid tutelage, and some prayer and some hope to tell me that, hey, man, screw that. You've been through this. I've been through that. It'll be OK. Turn it over. You know, I stopped worrying about if they were going to fire me or not, you know, because. If it, if it was, it, it was in the universe for the next better job to happen, you know, somewhere along the line. I started not giving people the power to dictate to how I feel every day because there's nothing worse than walking in your kitchen and everybody will say, hi, you know, I would rather my kitchen say, yes, chef, and mean it than to say, yes, chef, damn, here he come again, or shit, you know on after they say yes, they walk off in the corner and go, you know, I can't stand there. I can't stand that moment. You know, he just, he just really just 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 gets on my nerve. He came telling me, here he comes telling me, I I need to put the I need to put the chicken in the walkie and so what it's been out for four hours, you know, and it's raw. You know, I was gonna cook it anyway later today. You know, I need somebody to understand. And that's why I have the compassion to tell to stop. And tell people why. When I'm talking to my staff, I don't escalate my voice anymore. I talk to them like they want to be talked to. I talk to them like I care about them and the food we're about. Because at the end of the day, the people that I have working behind the scenes, if they are not harmonious, if they are not having fun, if they are not enjoying what they do, I'm as only as great a chef as I am as the greatness in the people that surround, that work for me. I am not all of that in the back. Okay, we plated up 700 meals. It was flawless. We had five stations, six courses, did miss a beat. You know, they didn't know we dropped fireplace. They didn't know we burned a tray and chicken. They didn't know what happened. And at the end of the day, the people always want to bring the chef out. And sometimes not even the team. And they want to talk about how great the chef was. And I get this ton of emails. I take those emails to my huddles. And I tell them what somebody said about me. But it really wasn't about me. It was about you. It was about them. I need to always encourage my staff and the people that work with me. Encourage and acknowledge the people that work around me. You know, hell, I had to come home and thank my wife some days when I've had a successful day at work because she did something or she said something or she called a check on me knowing what I'm up against. You know, she she is, my wife is well-trained in knowing when it's a dinner at this level, give me some space and I'll come back down I'll, out, of, out of orbit. I'll come back after it's over, you know, and a lot of times if I could, I get a chance to invite my wife to those events, so that she could see the fruits of my labor and feel a part of the struggle. And knowing why it took so long, those days and nights for me to be there, Adam, it took it took some time for me to determine that I wasn't going to be a tyrant. I wasn't going to be a a, a, a a general, a disciplinarian in the kitchen anymore. That I was going to be the chef, and I was going to be the chef that they. I got a tote. And this white coat that doesn't have a spot on it, when I'm doing all the behind the scenes administrative stuff, I got a beanie, a busted, I got a black apron and a and a dingy chef coat when I'm in it, when I'm out there. I got my knife bag, I got my cart, and I'm out there. And they and they always walk up, they say, Chef, what you doing? What you got going on? Uh, you you and I love the fact that when I'm in the kitchen, my 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 kitchen is aligned. They're like, oh, he's cooking today. Oh, we got, we gonna get to taste some stuff. We gonna get to see some stuff, you know. And I don't. When I'm plating up, they I don't call them. They just show up. They show up and like, what you need, chef. That that shows that I've done something different in my life, man. You know, I treat people like human beings, you know, regardless to what they do at work and how they do it at work, and 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 every. Every job is not meant for us to be. It's like Adam Lamb said to me, you ought to take this serious. And I was screwing up with the city of Chicago, even though I was making money hand over fist. And I was like partying like a rock star. And Adam Lamb said to me, hey, man, you know, you're good at this. Uh, you, you ought to make this a career. You ought to take this seriously. Tried to talk me into coming to Florida a bunch of times. Trying to talk me into leaving. Uh, Chicago a bunch of times. Adam, you tried to talk me out of staying in that comfort zone, you know, and I had to get outside of the box, man. But I also had to be forged by fire. You know, I always say religious people pray not to go to hell. Some of us in our world pray not to go back. You know, people mean, you know, sometimes people are really judgmental. And, you know, when they see the guy with all the tats, And the earrings and the piercings, they don't know that that's a human being behind that. You know, they don't know what those, what kind of scars, emotional scars those tats are covering. They don't know what kind of emotional scars that those piercings are are keeping together on the internal fabric of what somebody has endured in their lifetime to get to where they're at. You know, you got, you got to be careful with how you treat people because you don't know what they're going through. Or what they've been through or what's going on. You know, that's why we have when they use the term postal, you know, uh you piss somebody off, they come back to work and they blow everybody's head off. You don't know what's going on with somebody. You know, so treat people where where the whole lot of you know, before you, you know, find out the why before the what, you know. There's part you know, I've asked you a couple of questions about specific
2: times in your life and when you made decisions to change and stuff. And I noticed that you talk about yourself in the present and don't really spend a whole lot of time talking about, you know, a specific instance that changed your perspective so that you could be this way. So there's part of me that's like curious about like, okay, so what was that circumstance? And then the other part of me is like, the fuck does it matter what the circumstance is? You know, all of us have those choice points in our lives and we can either say this way or that way. And so I guess I would say, Uh, you know i'm so honored to know you man and to call you friend and to have watched your career and i recognize that everything that you've ever gotten you have worked your fucking ass off for and uh, i also have to tell you that when we first met and, and for a few years after that i was really jealous of like the exposure that you had in downtown chicago working with some of these people who would go on to be incredible chefs in their own right, because that necessarily wasn't my path. But I also recognize that it didn't necessarily need to be because I could kind of live through you a little bit when you tell me these stories. <laughs> so there's stories that we like to recount that, uh, that are positive, And we don't really spend a whole lot of time talking about the stuff that, you know, well, maybe wasn't our greatest moment. And so I appreciate that. And I just want to acknowledge that, you know, I don't need to know anything more about you, James, or who you are right now and how you show up. To me, that's, that's the greatest testament to all the work that you've done. You know, you've been in recovery for um, how many years now? 28 years. 28 years. And you also have a very strong um, religious faith, uh, which I can only imagine supported you in so many ways. Spiritual,
0: uh, spirituality. Huh? Spirituality. 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 Religious. Because religion okay. almost killed me. All right, thank you very much. For religion that. almost killed me. <laughs>
2: spirituality. <laughs> spirituality. I am completely down with you there, brother. And, uh, I also was thinking there's something that you said, especially about the teams and the way you show up for them. Like, was there a time when someone told you that, you know, you had to do it all yourself? Like, if you didn't do it, like if you weren't the person, it just strikes me that none of us are here solely by our own efforts, that there have been a chain of people who have stood for us, who have seen greatness in us before. It was, actually known to us and who never fucking gave up on us. And, you know, just anybody who's listening out there, you're not alone. You've got uh, you've got a tradition and a fraternity behind you and none of us stand alone. Uh, But sometimes we do have to ask for help.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, uh, uh. You know, one one time, Adam, I remember. Everything kind of is a precursor for your future that happens in our career when it's a dark moment or a dark ad for um, uh, when I need work after this meal, I'm going to put the GM in the meat grinder and make a pate out of them. And, 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 you know, I'll be done. My day will be complete, you know? So I was working in a, in a upscale senior living community and though and I've worked every aspect of culinary I've done. I've done restaurants, hotels, conference centers, banquet centers, higher education, pain through 12, healthcare, senior living, restaurants, fine dining, the whole gambit, right? Catering, you know, you name it. Anybody who's worked in senior living knows that it's kind of a menagerie. It's kind of a you got these properties that look with these manicured lawns and these brand new uh, monstrosity buildings that look real nice and they got chandeliers in the lobby and People don't smell like diapers and they're rolling around in their chairs and everything looks, people don't, People are looking great. And, 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 you know, the concierge at the desk and, and, and they don't know that it has the highest rate of turnover because you have teenagers working, serving your dining rooms. And not all hourly workers because the corporations that design the labor and the manning pool don't want to put money into having professionals work in the dining room because they want to focus on absorbing all the residents income to keep this monstrosity, this machine running. And so they don't care about the people that they dump on like the number one person that has a part to play with everything called the chef. And the chef in a senior living environment is integral because they make it happen with the food and whether it be independent, skilled, or assisted, they play a big part in making sure that no matter how a person's, Age determines if their palate has changed and their density to determine hot and cold has changed. That hot food is hot, cold food is cold. It looks appealing. It's not slop. It's not mystery meat. I'm talking about you're buying prime, you're buying wagyu, you're buying, you know, fresh seafood that you're 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 doing um, fabrication with, and they don't care that. You got a bunch of sometimes ragtag misfits as cooks and you got to cover their shift and you got to work sometimes a.m. to p.m. Right before I moved to Kansas, Adam, I worked 15 days in a row for 15 hours or more a day. And I had the most horrendous GM. And all she could say was, "Are you coming in tomorrow? Because you know we're short." And you know that's your that's your that's your domain. That's your level of responsibility. I had driven from uh, was it Schaumburg? No, it was it was it was either Arlington Heights or Schomburg. Back to the Lord. Back back to the South suburbs. You know how far that is? Yeah, it's a that's that's an hour and twenty five minutes on a good day, maybe. Right. You know, right. And, and so when I knew I was taking another position and I was moving, relocating to Kansas, I went to Kansas before I came to Hawaii. And I had to go through that, that, pri- you know, how you find a lawnmower motor before it starts. And sometimes you got this toxic gas smell coming out of it. And you're like, damn, this thing won't start. I had to be primed to go to the n- That that moment, I went through all of that to get to here because I wanted to smash this lady's face in so bad because she was just just rude. She was just intolerant. She was rude. And and you know what? Because of the years of experience and things that I've gone through, I was able to bring her in the office and say, you know, I really don't appreciate the way you talk to me, and I think you're being very disrespectful to me. I said, "I don't, I don't, I." You have an attitude because I didn't comply or do something you wanted me to do, and I spoke to you, and you wouldn't even speak. I said, "I think that's very childish," and that that made her. I mean, she was she was she was hotter than fish grease after that. She was boy, She was red as a lobster. You know, and and, and she was like, "Well, you know," and then you know she's you know, got her Lord and Taylor suit on and everything and pissed cut. She's got to come out of her office to help serve the dining room. And I've worked 15 days in a room, you know, and you know when they want to bring you to the office to have the talk and you already know what the talk and details. I already had plans to quit, baby. I'm out of here. You know, I had something better waiting in the wings and I was leaving. Let me save you some time. Let me give you the keys now. Let me hand you everything. And let me just, deuces, deuces, we out of here, babe. I'm out of here. You know, those moments in my life, I'm to leave with my dignity intact. You know, that's not how it all went down. You know, I was professional about it. But I had the cops plan and calling me like, why did they do? Why did you leave? What happened? What what, what went on? And when people try to shame you, it's funny how it falls back on them. They escorted her off the property.
1: That's it for this episode of Chef Life Radio's On the Dock. There's a new kitchen culture coming, and we all get to be part of it. It's what we wanted when we started, but we're either too afraid or pessimistic to ask for it. It doesn't matter what the poster on the wall says, remember, your workplace culture starts from the bottom up. In fact, it starts with you. At Chef Life Radio, we believe that working in a kitchen should be demanding. It shouldn't have to be demeaning. It should be hard. just doesn't have to be harsh. We believe that it's possible to have more solidarity and less suck it up sunshine, more compassion, less cutthroat island, more partnership and less put up or shut up. And we get to have more community and less fuck you. We shall. And finally, we believe in you. Consider for a second for all the blood, sweat, and tears we put into what we do, it really, at the end of the day, it's just some stuff on a plate. None of it really matters. It doesn't define you as a person or make you any more special or less than anyone else. It's just a dance that we're engaged in, so we might as well laugh and enjoy every bit of it. Or didn't you know that the purpose of your life should be to enjoy it?
0: I can have a fuck love it. I am humble. Goddamn, damn, Corey Fox, I don't live on now. <laughs>
1: Stand tall and frosty, brothers and sisters. Until next time, be well and do good. In case you didn't realize it, we just got our asses kicked in there, man. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the other goddamn social media sites at Chef Life Radio. All one word. Visit us on the website at ChefLifeRadio.com. Oh, yes, Chef. This show was written, produced, and recorded by me, Adam Lamb, at the Dish Pit Studios in Bardo, North Carolina and co-produced by Thomas Stephenson. On the Dock is a production of Realignment Media.